Well, good morning. I wanted to share with you this morning that one of our church family uh, went to be with the Lord this week. Anna Walters, uh, Jeanette's champions, sister-in-law, would sit right back there every Sunday with Jeanette and when Dick, when he was still living. And uh, she passed this past Monday, and, and uh, her uh, graveside service will be this next week on Friday. And uh, one of the joys for me uh, has been to be your interim on a couple different occasions and, uh, but even a greater joy has, to, has been the opportunity to be here uh, when different ones have accepted Christ. And uh, as you all know, Dick, in the time that we were here, uh, one afternoon at his house, along with Jeanette and I, gave his heart to Jesus, and now he's in heaven. And he wanted to be baptized, but he didn't want all of you to see it. And so we had a private little baptismal service here at the church one afternoon, few folk were here, staff and others, and, uh, and they shared a little bit their testimony. And uh, Anna goes, well, I want to be baptized too. And I said, Anna, you need to know Christ first before you're baptized. She says, well, I do. I've trusted Jesus as my Savior. She says, you remember that Sunday when you gave an opportunity uh, for people to pray and ask Jesus into their heart? I did it then. And so we baptized Anna that day too. And so it has been fun serving the Lord with you guys. And uh, one of the things I love about you all is how you worship the Lord on Sunday mornings. Uh, a new family here today asked me what I loved the most about your church. And, and I said, I love the worship here. I can just up front here hear you praising the Lord behind me. And that, that is such a blessing to me. So I want to just say a word of prayer, though, for, for Anna's family right now. Can I do that? Dear Heavenly Father, we're, we're so thankful uh, that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord and what he did for us on the cross. And we've just been singing about that old rugged cross and it's through the cross and your death on that cross for our sin when you took the wrath we deserved upon your body uh, that we found salvation. And Lord, we're so thankful that Anna is at home with you right now. Thank you, Lord, for that moment just a few years ago when both she and her brother Dick uh, trusted you as their Savior, and both are at home with you right now. And Lord, I especially want to lift up dear Jeanette here today. Uh, she has lost not only her husband, but now her sister-in-law, who she was close to. And I pray, God, that you would just put your arms of love around her today and just comfort her by her, your Holy Spirit. And we pray that, too, for Anna's children and their family. Oh, God, draw near to them and and just comfort them and get them through this difficult time. Lord, thank you for the book of Proverbs. And we pray, Lord, today that as we dig in it, uh, that you would again teach us, Lord, how to be more wise in our daily living. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Well, I do want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers here. I need to tell you that I am uh, the Christian man that I am today because of my dad. I, I had the opportunity of watching my dad uh, walk the aisle of a church at a revival meeting and give his heart to Jesus as just a little boy. And I'll tell you, God got a hold of his life and transformed it. And I got to see all of that. And I watched a hardworking farmer and carpenter turn into this tender, Christ-like man of God. 
And it hugely impacted my life. And I am a believer today. I am a follower of Jesus, a minister of Jesus, because of the ministry of my father. So thank you, dads. You do have an impact on us. We're grateful for you this morning. And since it's Father's Day, uh, we're going to discover, hopefully, what the book of Proverbs, which we've been studying together this month here at Sunlight, has to say about the family. We're going to learn, hopefully today, how to become a wise guy or gal in our homes. We're going to learn how to fulfill the individual role God has for us in our families right now. And we're going to begin with what King Solomon, the wisest man on earth and the author of Proverbs, has to say to us who are parents. So how many of you are parents here today? Amen. Thank you. Uh, This especially is for you. And really the heart and soul of this message is in the first part. So if you get a little discouraged here taking notes, we're going to speed it up as we move through this at the end. But I wanted to spend the heart of my time talking to parents this morning. And King Solomon actually has three powerful answers to this question. How can you fulfill your role as a Christian parent? And the first answer, and I want you to write this down, mom and dad, provide instruction. Part of your role is to provide biblical instruction and teaching for your children. And we discover this beginning in Proverbs chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Now, you're going to have to use your Bibles. I I want you to use your Bibles. You guys getting that? (laughs) And I'm going to put some of the verses up here for you today, but a, a good share of them, you're just going to have to open your Bible and look at them with me. So turn to Proverbs chapter 1, and notice what King Solomon says here. He is actually speaking to his son about his role as parent. And look what he says to him. He says, hear, my son, your father's instructions, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. Now, as you can see here, King Solomon addresses his son directly, doesn't he, in these verses. And that's actually quite common throughout the book of Proverbs. 23 different times King Solomon refers to himself in this book as a father. And 49 times he addresses his son or sons and daughters. So the book of Proverbs was primarily, are you listening, church, was primarily penned by Solomon to impact and teach biblical wisdom to his very own children, both his sons and daughters. And dad and mom, just as King Solomon provided instruction for his children, you must do the same for your kids. You must teach them the word of God. You must share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. We try to do that here at church, but even more so, you need to be doing that at home with your children. You're their primary teacher. And that's one of your roles that God has given you to fulfill in your home. A little boy was once asked what he thought was the primary duty of his dad. And this was his answer. I can't believe it. He takes out the trash. He goes, yep, the primary duty of my dad is to take out the trash. 
But that's not true, is it? Nor is his primary duty to bring home the bacon, right? Nor is his primary duty to fix what's broken. Although we appreciate it when he does, don't we? The primary duty of a dad, according to the scriptures, is to teach holy, Christ-like living to his sons and daughters. The primary duty of a father is to teach his kids the Bible. We see this again over in chapter 4. Turn with me to it. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Again, King Solomon addresses his sons directly. And look what he says. He says, Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight, for I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, that means young, and only one in the sight of my mother, an only child, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments, and live. And so King Solomon is just doing for his son, are you listening? What King David did for him. He's teaching them the word of God. He's imparting to them godly wisdom. He's teaching them the gospel. He's teaching them how to love God with all their heart, soul, and strength. He's teaching them to walk with God on a daily basis. He's teaching them how to live by faith in God alone. Are you teaching those truths to your children, mom and dad? And not only is he teaching his sons and daughters how to follow God, but also something interesting in the book of Proverbs, he's also warning them about what sins to avoid. He's also teaching them what not to do. He's teaching them what to do and what not to do. Because look at verse 14 of that same chapter, chapter 4. And he says, And do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. And so King Solomon is warning his children about the attacks of Satan, and they're going to come, right? He's warning them about the attacks of Satan and how Satan will tempt them to disobey God and fall into sin. And throughout this book, he will warn his children about a number of sins, such as adultery, laziness, we're actually going to talk about that next Sunday. The love of money, lying, gossip, boasting, not fearing God, and, and the list could go on and on. Of sins he warned his children about. And then let's look at one other proverb. Chapter 22, verse 6. I believe we have this one on the screen for you this morning. What does that verse say to us parents here today? It says we're to provide instruction, doesn't it? It says train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now this, honestly, is probably one of the most popular proverbs, right? How many have heard of this proverb before? Sure, most of us here this morning. And... A lot of people think this proverb is a promise 
from God to parents. That, you know, if you bring your children up in the way of the Lord, if you bring them to church, they eventually will follow the Lord. But it doesn't always work out that way, does it? Some children grow up in a Christian home and are taught to love and follow Jesus, but they turn away from him once they leave home. They reject God, and it causes a great deal of heartache for those parents. But let me just say to you this morning, this isn't a promise necessarily, but it's a principle. And the general principle is this. If we bring up our children in the way of the Lord, the way of Jesus, more often than not, not always, but more often than not, they will eventually, it might be when they're old, but they will eventually come to faith in Christ and follow him. But we all know exceptions, don't we? And so this is a principle, not a promise. It's a general rule that if you and I provide biblical instruction and training in how to live the Christian life, our children will follow Jesus. And I rest on that, on that principle today, don't you, as a parent? Actually, a key phrase in this verse is the, ver- is the phrase, train up. Look again at verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. That phrase, train up, comes from a Hebrew word that literally means to initiate, to begin, or to inaugurate. It was used primarily to describe, listen to this, a midwife back in Bible times who would place a morsel of food into a newborn's mouth, hoping that that morsel of food would get the child to begin to suck and desire milk from its mother. The midwife literally, literally trains the newborn baby to eat. And just as a midwife trains a baby to suck and to eat, parents are to train their children to love and follow Jesus. We are literally, mom and dad, are you listening? To show them the way of how to love Jesus and serve him. Then next, parents are also to fulfill still another role, which is to deliver discipline. Staying here in chapter 22 of Proverbs, look at verse 15 with me. It says, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far away. Now the word folly simply means You can write this down, foolishness, which is always depicted in this book, the book of Proverbs, as getting off the path that leads to spiritual life and onto a path that leads to harm and destruction. And this verse says that folly is bound up in the heart of a child, which if you're a parent, you already knew, right? Amen? Do I have any amens to that this morning? Our kids are the cutest little sinners in the world, aren't they? (laughs) But they're still sinners. And we love them to pieces, but they are born with a sinful nature. They don't have to be taught. (laughs) This is all amazing to me. They don't have to be taught how to lie, push, or steal. That just comes from within. But we want to help disciple these kids out of sin, right? And into godliness. That's our goal. And that's where discipline comes in. 
Sometimes a little discipline, more than anything, are you listening, church, will bring them back on the right path. Now, I know we don't like that word rod, do we, there? But back in Bible times, that just means a, a thin little branch off of a tree to give a little whack to the hind end. We're not talking about abuse here. We're talking about Christian discipline. And it doesn't have to be a spanking, does it? It can be other things like a timeout. But they need to feel the consequences somehow of the sin that they've committed. And so you need to deliver discipline. But you need to do it with love, right? You need to do it with love or out of love. Now, I did want to say one other thing here. I want to warn you a little bit, parents, to discipline for sin, not accidents. Are you with me on this? I want to warn you to be careful to discipline for sin and not accidents. The rod is not for spilling milk because they aren't coordinated yet. They're just being a kid. Or crying because they're hungry. They're, they're just being a baby. We don't discipline for that. We discipline for sin. For things like lying, hitting, stealing, and insulting others. And we do it with love. Turn over to chapter 13 with me for a moment. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24. Let's look at what it says there about discipline. Proverbs 13, verse 24, it says, Whoever spares the rod, or discipline, hates his son. But he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. So if you really love your kids, mom and dad, you will deliver discipline for sin. Are you with me? And then, thirdly, and maybe most important, mom and dad, you need to set an example for your children to follow. Turn to chapter 20 of Proverbs with me. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7. And notice what it says there. It says, the righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are the children after him. Let me just say that the biggest blessing you can be to your kids is for you, mom and dad, to live a righteous life of integrity before God and them. You can't pass on what you don't possess. And you can't cultivate in them what hasn't captivated you. And so before talking about, you know, teaching and training your children, you need to ask yourself, Am I living a righteous life of integrity before my children? Now, this doesn't mean you have to be perfect. But you ought to be progressing in making headway in your relationship with God. The thing that brought me to Christ through my father was the growth, the spiritual growth I saw in that man. The changes I saw in his life. And it came to a point where I wanted what dad had because it was working in his life. So you need to set the example. Now let's move on to grandparents. How many grandparents are here this morning? Oh yeah, I'm one. I got eight grandkids. Love them to death. 
Wish they were closer. Four of them are in Florida, tough place to go, right? West Palm Beach, our son's a youth pastor down there, and our daughter and husband are in Spain. They're missionaries there. We just got, actually got back about two months ago from spending three weeks with them in Spain, and it was just wonderful being with those little grandkids. But I'll tell you what, when you live in the house uh, <laughs> 24 hours, uh, it's a little different. <laughs> and uh, they, had, they, they felt the wrath of Grandpa a few times, I think. So, so I just want to say the impact of grandpas and grandmas in history, honestly, is beyond calculation. Every person in the bloodline from Adam to Christ was a grandparent, and many made a lasting difference. How many of you remember the Bible story of Hezekiah? Hezekiah was one of the best kings Israel ever had. But his father, Ahaz, was a very wicked man. Did you know that? But fortunately for Hezekiah, he had a grandpa named Jotham who walked with God. And Hezekiah took after his grandfather, not after his father, and he became a godly man and was a great king for Israel. Listen to me, grandpa and grandma. You can have a powerful impact. And I think that's what Solomon is getting at in chapter 13, verse 22. Look at it with me. Proverbs, 20, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22. I think we might have that up on the screen there. It says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. So who are we talking about here? Grandchildren, right? Children's children. But he, but he who loves him is... Wait a minute. What verse? I'm in the wrong verse. But the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. Now, some of you are going, whoa, yeah, I'm liking this. Because the point here is to leave an inheritance. But we're not talking about money. We're talking about leaving grandpa and grandma an inheritance of wisdom, knowledge, and faith. The best thing you can leave behind to your grandchildren is a life well lived in Jesus Christ. And then a second role for grandparents is to tell them stories, to tell them stories about God and his faithfulness. And for this one, I want you to turn with me to Psalms. Psalm chapter 78, verses 1 to 4. And I'll tell you, I was reading this this week, and I thought, man, King Solomon, did he write this psalm? He did write a couple psalms, by the way. Did you know that? But look what this says here. This just sounds like King Solomon. He says, give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Does that sound like King Solomon? Does that sound like some of the verses we just read? He says, I will open my mouth in a parable or a proverb. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. And we will not hide them, listen to this, from their children but tell them to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. And so, Grandpa and Grandma, one of the greatest things you can do is to just tell those grandkids stories of how God came through for you and his church and provided a way of victory and escape. Tell them stories of God's faithfulness.
Let's move on to children still at home. I think most of them are down that way, so you're going to have to teach them this. But what is the role of a child still at home? Well, number one, he's to listen to his parents. Proverbs chapter 23, turn with me to it. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 22. King Solomon says, listen to your father. (laughs) Don't you like that King Solomon said that? Listen to your dad. Listen to your father who gave you life. And do not despise your mother when she is old. And so you're to listen. You're to listen to your parents. And you're to listen, kids are to listen because parents have their best at heart. They care about their kids. And they want them to follow Jesus. And then the big one is letter B, obey your parents. And we see this over in chapter 30, verse 17. Let's turn to it. It says, the eye that mocks a father... And scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. You're going, is that really in the Bible? Right? That is a warning. That not only are we not to scorn or mock a parent, but we are to be careful to obey them. The verses I really want to share with you are from Ephesians chapter 6, though. Verses 1 to 3, where it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Now, looking at verse 1 there, what would you say are the three most important words in verse 1? Children, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Most people would probably say what? Obey your parents. (laughs) Those are the most important words there. They are important words. Children at home need to obey their parents. They need to do what they tell them to do when they tell them to do it with a right heart attitude. But maybe, just maybe, the most important words there are the three little words in the Lord. Christian children are called to obey their parents in the Lord. You go, what does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean that you only have to obey your parents if they're Christians. It doesn't mean that at all. Actually, in the Lord means at least two things. It means to obey because of the Lord, and second, to obey like you would the Lord. Let me just say that again. It means to obey because of the Lord, and second, to obey like you would the Lord. So just imagine God asking a kid to clean his room. If God asked you to do that, if Jesus asked you to do that this week, would you do it? I hope so. I hope so. Well, in the same way you'd obey the Lord, it's saying here, or like you'd obey the Lord, this is how you need to obey your parents. You need to do it immediately, completely, and cheerfully. And then... One other thing that will just really bless mom and dad, and maybe this is good for you older kids here today, especially, just to be growing in wisdom. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 23, uh, verses 
24 and 25. Look what it says there. It says, the father of the righteous, or of a righteous kid, will greatly rejoice. For he who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. I love those verses. You want to blow your parents away this week? Obey them, but even more importantly, obey the Lord. And do what God says for your life. Grow in wisdom. And then let's just conclude with children of all ages. Everybody here is a child of somebody, right? Nobody's going to deny that this morning, right? If you are, we've got problems. We need to talk. Because you did have a mom. You did have a dad. And uh, so what does the Bible have to say to children of all ages? Which, is, which includes me, even a grandpa. And it means... And very simply, the instruction here is that we need to honor our parents. And we see this in a couple places here in Proverbs, as well as in the Ten Commandments. But turn very quickly with me to Proverbs 15, verse 20. What does it say there? It says, a wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish man despises his mother. And so... In a negative way, this is what Solomon's saying. He's saying, if a foolish man or woman despises his mother, what does a wise one do? Honors them, right? Honors them. We see this again in over in chapter 20, verse 20, where it says, if one curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in utter darkness. Again, what is the opposite of cursing a parent? To honor them. You see, it's not enough just to put off sin, to put off the sin of cursing and mocking. There's more. There's something we need to do on the positive side. We need to put that off, and over here we need to put on honor. We need to honor those parents of ours. And honor, honor is an interesting word. He, Exodus 20, verse 12, the, the fifth of the Ten Commandments says this, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on earth. To honor means to value, to prize, to make someone big, to enlarge their reputation, to give them respect, appreciation, esteem, dignity, status, and consideration. Actually, I like to... Boil honor down to five words. Can I do that with us? And then we'll be done this morning. Five words. We can honor our parents today and every day, and it's there in your program, by respecting, thanking, loving, forgiving, and caring for them. Respect means to recognize your parents' unique position in your life and to treat them with the esteem and value and consideration do them. Will you do that today? Thanking is obvious, but often overlooked. When was the last time you honored your parents with a thank you for what they done well? Actually, today would be a great day to do that with your father. And then loving. Love means to actively seek their best, to show affection for them, to hug your dad. He'll love it. To kiss your mom. She'll love it. Tell them about your love for them. 
and not just love you. No, I love you. Look them in the eye and say it, and they will be honored. And then forgiving them. The Bible says we are to forgive as Christ has forgiven us. We have sung much about God's forgiveness through Christ in this service. And just as Jesus has forgiven us, we need to forgive each other. And if there's something you need to forgive in your parents' life, do it. Do it. Set them and yourself free by forgiving them. And then caring for them. You know, care is when it flips over to the other side. You are now stronger, more able to get around, more financially free, but they need you to help them, to care for them. Linda and I are doing that right now with her parents. My wife is not here today because her dad did not have a great week. And so she stayed home to go to chapel with him at the rest home. God calls us to honor our parents. And, you know, when we honor our parents, there's a promise here. You can expect God's blessing in your life. And so I don't, I don't know what God is saying to you this morning. This list of roles God wants us to fulfill in our family. What is he saying to you? What do you need to go home and work at and do better? What do you need God's help with? Tell him right now and ask for his help. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for this challenging book, the book of Proverbs. And thank you, Lord, for the challenge you've given to literally all of us in this auditorium this morning. Some of us are parents. Some of us are grandparents. Some of us are children still at home. Some of us, well, all of us are children of all ages. And God, you've given us an assignment here today. As parents, we need to go home and provide instruction and discipline and an example for our kids. Help us to do it. For the kids here, Lord, they need to obey with a right heart attitude. Help them to do it. They need to do it in the Lord. For grandparents, Lord, we need to go home and tell them stories of God's faithfulness. And Lord, for all of us, all of us, children of all ages, we just need to step back and honor our parents who are still living. So God, on this special day, Father's Day, help us to take some time to do that, Lord. To honor Dad, to honor Mom, and just declare our love to them and tell them thank you once again. Just help us, Lord, to live for Jesus in our home. We pray these things in Jesus' name. 